0: Hey, friends, this is Kathleen, and today we're talking with Christy Wright. Christy is the founder of the Business Boutique Conferences. Y'all, they're so good. If you get a chance, go. I went last February, and it is one of the best events that I have been to. Now, Christy has also written a new book called Business Boutique, and it's a woman's guide for making money doing what she loves. Now, I know some of you are listening thinking, I'm a full-time mom. Uh, this, maybe this episode isn't for me. Check that thought at the door, y'all, because today we're talking about how we can plan our lives around our passions and priorities. And Christy has some excellent wisdom and ideas and some great stories. So keep listening. And I also want to let you know that we're going to be giving away a copy of her book. If you just want to tag us right now on Instagram, I am thecatlee underscore on Instagram. And Christy is Christy B. B. I think if you just search for us on Instagram, you'll find either of us. But again, I'm the Cat Lee with an underscore at the end. And then Christy is Christy B. Wright. So take a picture of what you're doing right now as you're listening and tag us on Instagram. And I'm going to send one of you a copy of her brand new book. Now let's go ahead and jump into our show today with Christy Wright. Hey, Christy. Thank you so much for being on the Inspired to Action podcast.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: You know, I'm, I'm glad that you made it home safely, and I want to say <laughs> I'm really proud of you, and you're diving into Insta Stories on Instagram.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you, it was from a lot of prompting from my team, so I gave it a run yesterday. It was
0: fun. You did great, and and so for just to catch everybody up, tell everybody about, a little bit about your, your New York saga.
1: Absolutely. Well, it was fun. We went up there to be on Fox & Friends yesterday, and then we had a dinner planned for Last night, and so my publicist and I had big plans to go to a New York workout class and to go shopping and all this fun stuff until someone told us a blizzard was coming. (laughs) And so we frantically got online to book flights out of New York, and everything was sold out. The few flights that we found were literally disappearing off the screen before we could enter our card information. And so it was a little chaotic, but we ended up getting a train to Baltimore and then a flight out of Baltimore to Nashville made it home last night at about uh, eight o'clock just before everything was canceled. Now that I'm seeing kind of how everything's hit, I'm so thankful we made it home. So it was an adventure, but it was a great one. Had you ever been on a train before? I had, but you know what? I forgot how relaxing they are. Hmm. Like you have Wi-Fi, you can use your phone, you can work, you've got plenty of leg room, unlike an airplane. And uh, yeah, it was pretty nice to just kind of hang out and Watched the countryside go by for about two and a half hours it was pretty nice that's nice
0: Wi-Fi on trains the only train that I've been on uh, other than like a tourist kind of train was <laughs> my husband and I went to France and we stayed and we were traveling from France to Germany to visit we were visiting his dad and we we're going to visit his his aunt And it was an overnight train. So we were in what was called a couchette, I think it was called. And so it's basically this tiny little room with three bunks on each side. And we were newly married, maybe we'd been married a year. And we get in, he's like, okay, let's, you know, good night, go to sleep. And, but the thing is, is there's these other bunks. So at some point during the night, these other four men come in and we're all sleeping in this little thing. And I'm just laying there (laughs) with my eyes wide open. And my husband's like, what? What's the problem? I'm like, I can't sleep through these strange men in this little <laughs> tiny room. Yeah. So that sounds a lot different than your awesome. relaxing That's experience.
1: That's so hey, Great memory. Great story, though.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so I would love for you just to take a minute to introduce yourself to everybody listening. Tell us a little bit about you and your family and what you do.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm a business coach and author. My first book is coming out here in about a month uh, called Business Boutique. And really what I do is I help women turn their ideas and passions and hobbies into successful side or small businesses and so i'm really working with mompreneurs or small business owners at all different levels of business it doesn't matter if they're just kind of a dreamer with a hobby or they're running a successful you know boutique clothing boutique with a retail storefront and i've just noticed in my research and experience myself in business that women have unique opportunities and unique challenges Mm -hmm. in how we approach business and um, now it's easier than ever to start a business and you can start a business tomorrow with nothing more than your idea and a Facebook page. And so I want to help women kind of make money on their own terms so that they can have a creative outlet if they, for example, don't like their full-time job or if they want to stay home with their kids and have more flexibility to earn money from home. So there's a lot of different motivations represented in the group that I help, but um, the common denominator is the same is that we want to make money doing what we love. So I help them do that. And uh, I'm a mom of two babies myself. I've got two under two, which is just crazy town. And so I'm, I'm walking this out every day, just like the women that I'm helping where we're trying to juggle it all and uh, create this life that we love. So I'm on the journey with them uh, to do that.
0: I love it. How did you get so passionate about this topic?
1: You know, my mom actually started a business when I was six months old to raise and support me. And she started a little bakery. She was a single mom and I was an only child. And that was kind of the beginning because I grew up in the cake shop literally at times. Like we, I remember sleeping there at times when she'd go into bank early in the morning. And so I learned business really early in life. And I also had this incredible model to watch this example that my mom set of a strong woman, unapologetically pursuing her passions and Mm -hmm. pursuing her gifts. And she was a survivor and a fighter and a difference maker. And she didn't take no for an answer. And so I watched her and, and it kind of gave me permission to be a woman today that pursues my gifts unapologetically, and I pursued a degree in business in college and started my own side businesses uh, in my 20s, and so now you're kind of seeing all this weave together in addition with becoming a credentialed and certified business coach where I want to help other women do that, but it started by just watching my mom and being really inspired by this woman taking life by the horns and kind of helping other women do that.
0: You know, I, I have to interject. Most kids only dream of growing up in a cake shop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was not as cool as it sounds. Let me say that. Like it was. It sounds. Uh, it sounds like a dream. Eating sugar all the time. I will tell you. I have some, so many funny stories. You know. Like she would have a um, helium tank and she'd blow up balloons for people because they would order balloons for their cakes. And I would always sneak over there and like blow up a balloon and then suck in the air and talk like the outfit and the chipmunks. You know. Like just silly stuff that you do as a kid. But uh, you know, th- the truth is, is, is mom. Was It sounds glamorous now, but mom was just trying to survive. You know, she was just trying to make a life for her daughter and, and get by. And she actually had worked in a bakery when she was 16. And so when she was 33 and had me and needed to find a way to, to make it, she went back to something she'd always loved. And that's even what I found in my research with women in businesses As many of them get their business idea because they go back to something they had always loved. They use that phrase. I had always loved organizing. I had always loved design. I had always loved accounting and numbers or whatever the thing is and and when you can tap into that that thing they love that thing that gives them energy and brings them joy and you can teach them how to turn that into a profitable business how they can actually make money doing that thing they love already man there's something really powerful in that mm-hmm. there's something really powerful because it doesn't feel like work anymore it feels like you're doing something you love but oh by the way you're getting paid to do it
0: right that's awesome. So, so tell me, what what were some of the side businesses that you said you started when you? were
1: young? <laughs> Well, the the first one was uh, horse boarding business. Oh, so that, I,
0: you're living the dream. You you grew up in a cake shop, <laughs> and then horse boarding. Uh, no, I
1: have quite an adventurous uh, story. I grew up. Uh, my aunt, my mom's sister, growing up had a farm, and I just thought she was the coolest. Uh, she had horses and a uh, pig and chickens and barn cats and all that I remember thinking I want this life I just think that's the coolest life and so I'd always loved horses growing up and um, so when I was 23 I guess right out of college and I was working in a nonprofit and barely making entry-level salary I got this wild idea to move to a farm that was available for rent down the street from me and it was 40 acres old rickety barn 11 stone barn and this old house well the, the house and the land was three times the rent that I was currently paying. So I absolutely could not afford this place. Let me be very clear, like not even a little bit. But when I saw the barn, I was like, oh, well I'll just start a business boarding horses and that's how I'll pay for my rent. And so that's what I did. I moved there uh, with a plan to start a horse boarding business and I started boarding horses there and that money from the horse boarding business paid for the rent and the farm for me able to, me to be able to live this farm dream as a 23 year old, single girl, you know, no, no idea what I was doing but I just wanted to make this dream a reality versus waiting until I was 50 and could afford to buy some land, you know, so it was really Thanks. cool to get to get that experience. And I, I did the whole farm life. I had the overalls, I bush hogged the fields, <laughs> I mucked the stalls, I had horses and a mini donkey and fainting goats and I did the whole thing,
0: <laughs> and then a couple of days ago, you were on Fox and Friends, flying out of or actually training out of New York City. Nice. Yeah, I,
1: I like to be well rounded. I really do. I like to be well rounded. <laughs>
0: okay, so everybody needs to go buy this book because maybe you'll be able to live in a cake shop someday, board horses, <laughs> and uh, be on Fox and Friends and follow Christie's amazing journey. I love it. Love
1: Avengers. it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, a lot of variety there.
0: Uh, so okay so tell me right now what what are some of the things that you're balancing in your life because you have two under 2 which in and of itself you just stop there. Right. That's a lot. You it is. are traveling, you just finished writing a book. I just um turned in my manuscript for my first book, so I know Oh, what,
1: congratulations. That's thank awesome. Thank you.
0: I know what journey that is and you also run a conference. So tell me a little bit and and I I know for sure that I'm missing a whole bunch of little things in there too. So so tell us what you what you're balancing.
1: Sure. Well, I I'll tell you, one of the things that I speak on all the time and I write about this and I teach this is this idea of life balance and, and really specifically, I have a heart to help moms in this area because it's something I struggle with every day. So that's what I speak on. That's what I write on. I'm sure you do the same thing. You write about things that you're living out every single day. And so for me, having two young kids and figuring out what that's like to be present in this really high demand season with them, children are all, all, always high demand. But there's a different level when you have babies. There's a different level when you have 27,000 diapers, you've got <laughs> sicknesses, you're in and out of the pediatrician's office, they're waking up in the middle of the night, they're not sleeping, um, you have to physically lift them in and out of everything, in and out of the bath, in and out of the car seat. Like all of these things day to day take more of a toll on a mom than a seven eight year old. I don't have a seven eight year old, but I imagine when they can communicate to you and say, hey mom, my stomach hurts, that's a pretty big deal versus your you know, one-year-old just crying and screaming, wailing, and you don't know what's wrong. Right. You can just
0: tell your seven-year-old, go drink some water, like the universal mother cure. Yeah.
1: Right. Like, no diapers, they (laughs) can get themselves in and out of the car. Like, those are some big steps. So, being in this season right now, I will tell you, learning what that's like to be present and be a good mom at this stage of having babies, while also not taking my foot off the gas for these other things that I love and not feeling guilty about it. Like realizing that I love my work and I love the the, the things that I get to do. And that's not a bad thing. That's a very good thing. That's actually who God created me to be. Um, but you do realize that your time is finite. And so when you start to have a hard look at your schedule and say, okay, as, as creative as I can get, as much as I can try to maximize my time, there is still only... 24 hours in a day Mm -hmm. there are still only seven days in a week so some things will not make the cut and when you start to have a hard realistic look at your calendar it forces you to uh, be more protective of it and you start to realize some things just don't make the cut it's kind of like with your budget like you have an amount of money and some things won't make the cut if you can't afford it and it's the same idea with your time and so for example I'll give you a real practical example Spending time with my girlfriends is really important to me. I'm a social person. I have a close group of girlfriends. We all have kids the same age, and we love to get together. We love to laugh and hang out just as girls, or sometimes we'll get our babies together. But in a travel season, when I'm only home, you know, a a few days a week, let's say I'm only home three days out of every single week in a month, I'm going to spend those three days at home with my family. My girlfriends don't make the cut. I will go months without seeing my girlfriends. Now, you might say, oh, well, that's not balanced. You, you don't get to see your friends and your friends are important to you. No. During that season, I only have a limited amount of time, and I'm very realistic about what can make the cut. Because the truth is that one of the things I've found is that as women, it's very easy to treat every single thing in our life as equal. Everything There's no priority. Everything's important, so nothing's important. And we feel stressed and strained because we're trying to give everything an equal amount of attention, and we can't. So when you start to have a hard look at your schedule and your time, and say i'm going to prioritize i'm going to say my husband and my kids come above my girlfriends and my girlfriends come above me working out or whatever this priority you know whatever this hierarchy looks like for you which is it's different per person then you can start to align your schedule with that in a very practical way and my girlfriends know that like i tell them hey y'all I'm about to go off the grid i'll see you in june and they get it like they understand because i have priorities that i live by
0: i love that and you know what i really like is how you, you know, you said this is for a season. It's right. not like my friends aren't a priority ever. Right. Right now.
1: Right, exactly. I, one of the things I always tell people is, life balance is not doing everything for an equal amount of time. Like, okay, I'm gonna work out 15 minutes a day and spend 15 minutes a day reading at 15. No, 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 like that's unrealistic. You'll never make progress in, in any area of your life if you try to divide it that way. Focus is very powerful. Momentum is very powerful, whether that's training for a marathon uh, writing a book in your case, or whatever the thing is. And so it's not about doing everything for an equal amount of time. It's about doing the right things at the right time. I am in a book launch season. This is the right time to do these things. Now, this summer, my husband and I are going to take a vacation. We're going to take the kids to the pool every day, and I'm going to take my foot off the gas at, at work, and I'm going to take a season to rest and recover from this crazy season. So over the course of your life, you create a sense of balance. But if you don't have focus, in an area in a given time you'll never make progress there and so it's giving yourself permission to be there like i know right now i'm not with my children as much as as i would like to be but this is a season Mm -hmm. i don't see my girlfriends as much as i would like to but it's a season there will be times when i'm not answering email this summer when i'm at the pool playing with my kids
0: Mm -hmm. i think it was um gary keller in the book the one thing i think he says success is not simultaneous it's sequential
1: Yes, that's so good.
0: And so, I, you know, I love how you, you use the word seasons. It, it, nobody really wants to live in Antarctica. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> but, you know and that, that's an analogy for our lives. We don't want to put the pedal to the metal just in one area of our lives, our whole lives. That's not rich. There's something wonderful about the changing of the seasons. And I'm sure once the book launches over, you are going to savor every minute that you have with your friends and with your kids. And right. you're going to enjoy it that much more because of the seasons.
1: Right. And I just came out of that season. Like that's another good point. So I came back to work January 2nd. It was the Monday, uh, first Monday in, in 2017. I had been on maternity leave for four months. I was home all day, all night, every day, every night with my kids. So I'm coming out of a season where I was fully present for those newborn stages. I was fully present in the fall. We went to pumpkin patches. We did gingerbread houses. We played in the leaves. Like we had a blast. That was a season that I did not work at all. And now I'm in a season where I'm putting the pedal to the metal with my book and that's okay. And then this summer, you know, so you start to have this ebb and flow and, and, I wouldn't say that that is black and white, what someone else should do. That's just what's right for me. And I think part of becoming an adult, part of being comfortable in your own skin is finding confidence in the choices that are right for you. Mm-hmm. What's right for you? What's right for your season, for your work, for your family, for your children's ages. That may vary depending on the stage of life they're in or the stage your business is in. and. Uh, you have permission to create a schedule and a life that looks exactly like what you want it to look like, not what your friend, your sister, your neighbors looks like, what you want it to look like. And then you unapologetically live that out because the reality is, at the end of the day, the only one living your life is you. You're the one that's got to love it.
0: Right, right. I love to say that that God is not a redundant creator. You know, he wasn't like, "Ooh, I did a really good job on Christy. Let me just make 10 of her. Right. Oh, I wish those people would be more like Christy. No, he made each of us specific and, 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 you know, each of our children are individual and unique and our lives should reflect just the uniqueness that God made in each one of us. Absolutely. So what are some of the things that you don't do? Because you said some things don't make the cut. What what are some things that, that you could feel guilty for, maybe sometimes you do feel guilty for, but that you've decided are not a priority? Okay, this
1: is a great question. I've actually never been asked that question. That's a fantastic question. Yay! Okay, one is I don't clean my house very much. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. Like, if you came over, you would, you would be like, your laundry has not been done in at least three and a half years because there are <laughs> piles of laundry everywhere. But the truth is if I'm home, and this is what we're talking about, my priority is not having perfectly folded towels. Mm-hmm. I'll grab a te- clean towel out of the pile of clean towels. Like, I know where they are. It's in this specific corner of the room. And I would love for that to get cleaned up one day. And some days I'm on top of my game. Some days I get caught up, I'm super motivated, but more often than not, my laundry is in piles. And the truth is I'm spending that valuable time with my kids. If I'm home, if I'm not on the road, if I'm not doing work, I'm with my kids, I'm hanging out, or I'm spending time with my husband. Um, I'll tell you, I don't waste a lot of time. Like this is, this is the funny thing, but I'll tell you, there, has, there is a disconnect between me and my girlfriends. And that is because I do not watch reality TV. So they're all got they're all oh did you see Susie Q on the bachelor? Can you believe that dress she wore? I have no idea who Susie Q is, what her dress was, who got the rose, who ditched the rose, who loved the rose. I, I don't know. I don't know any of these things because I just don't spend time doing that. Now that's not coming from a place of I'm so better than everyone. That's not it. It's just I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm interested in taking my kids on a hike. I'm interested in being outdoors. There are things I'm interested in, and I'm not interested in who got the rose. And so I would say that for for these women that if you're in high demand, if if you're so busy, I would just encourage you to look at your schedule and is there anything in there that you're spending time on mindlessly? Is there anything in there you're spending time on that's not actually important to you? Because that is the best, easiest way for you to get more time for those things that are important. Maybe you're not working out and you're going, you know what? I wish I could work out. I wish I could feel good again or go to yoga class or whatever. Well, are you wasting time scrolling Facebook or are you committing to a bunch of things because you feel guilted into them? Because, you know, maybe at your church, people are saying, hey, we really need volunteers, need volunteers. And you always raise your hand because you feel guilty and you don't really care about that. Okay, uh, Now like, you're
0: reading my mail.
1: Okay. See, <laughs> see, we're getting to this. But here's the thing is we, we as women, we're people pleasers. And I'm like this too. Again, I live this out every day, so I struggle with this. But when we say yes in one area, we're saying no in another. So when you say yes to the bachelor, you're saying no to working out. When you're saying yes to your laundry, you're saying no to seeing your kids potentially. Now I'm not saying that's true for everyone, but for me, right. if, if I'm saying yes in one area, if I'm saying yes to going to coffee with 50 people because they all want to pick my brain, I'm saying no to hanging out with my kids on those days or, or getting more work done for, for the bigger picture of the events in the book and stuff we have coming up. So you just have to be really smart and really protective. And if you start to look at your time as what it is, which is the most valuable, finite, limited resource that you have you can get more of anything in this world except time you Mm -hmm. can get money friends stuff you cannot get more time when you start to look at it as the valuable resource that it is then you get really protective over it and you you don't feel bad saying no because you're like you know what I'm saying no over here but it's so that I can say yes over here and I love the quote by um, Warren Buffett he says the difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything
0: mm.
1: and and you just have to get really protective with your time and so when someone asks me uh to do something that I that is not a priority to me then I, I can say no in a really nice way I actually say it without ever saying the word I've learned this from my husband because he does this to me all the time when I have a grand new idea to redecorate <laughs> the 100th time. time he'll say wow that is so interesting you know, it's not a priority to have another house project right now, but way to be creative.
0: Now, wasn't that Genius, nice? But the answer yeah. is
1: still the same. The yes. answer is no, we're not doing another house project. And so you can actually say no in a way that is true to you. You don't have to be mean or hateful or anything like that, but you can protect your time. And I would argue that you don't just have the right to say no. You have the responsibility to say no, because if you don't protect what matters to you, no one else will. If you don't protect your time and, and your, your values, you know, these things are important to you time with your kids, time working out, time working on your business, time reading or being alone or traveling or knitting or whatever those things are for you, whatever's important to you. And only you can answer that. If you don't protect those things, no one can do that for you. And so you'll spend your life uh, spinning your wheels for everyone else, saying yes when someone needs you, feeling obligated when someone wants you, feeling like the hero or Mother Teresa because you know someone needs you once again. Instead, I would just encourage you to have the confidence to protect your time in your life and be willing to say no.
0: So you mentioned one way to say no. Um, mm-hmm. What are some other ways that you say no to other people
1: in a oh, nice the, way? Sure, that's a great question. I actually have on businessboutique.com a script of 25 ways to say no. Um, so that would help in like volunteer situations or social situations or work situations. But the formula is the same. So you start with an affirmation, you politely decline, and then you end with an affirmation. So you can fill that in with many different ways. So like, oh, that's so creative, or, oh, thanks for thinking of me. Wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. And then you decline. You say, you know what? It's not a priority right now. You know what? My plate is so full. I'm actually planning to have a night at home, and I'm pretty excited about it. Or that sounds really neat, but I don't have the bandwidth to add another project right now. But then you end with an affirmation, but hey, thanks for thinking of me. But hey, that sounds really cool. Hey, I hope you have a great time. Man, I'm excited for you. That sounds like fun. And so you're you're very kind about it. And the truth is the same, because you're sharing your heart of, that does sound fun. And I would love to be there, but the truth is, I'm going to regret saying yes. And I encourage people, an honest no is always better than a dishonest yes, Mm -hmm. because I don't know about you, but if I'm having a party, for example, and I invite you to my party and you say yes, but you don't really want to go, I don't want you to come, right? Like I only want people there that want to be there. So I would rather you honestly tell me no, like, hey, Christy, you know what? I don't even have any other plans. I just want to be home tonight and be like, cool, I hope you have a great night. Get that Ben and Jerry's curl up in the fetal position, watch your chick flick and have a great night. Like I respect it, but it, it, we, we miss that. We think we're making people happy by telling them what they want to hear. But I don't know about you, but I value honesty over mm-hmm. people pleasing. I value honesty over appeasing or flattery. And so I just give people permission to say no in whatever way feels authentic and true and kind to you, but you have the right to do that. And, and you can do that in a variety of ways and you can do it without ever saying the word. Uh, You just and you can show your heart. You know what? I want to say yes. But the truth is, I really I'm tired and I need to say no to this.
0: I love that. You know, one thing that's really helped me is that I tend to fill out a calendar. Um, So so even when I write my to do list, I will next to it write how much time I think it's going to take. I'm not always right on that. Um, Mm -hmm. But and then I put it on my calendar. And so. It helps me to say no when I can visually see I physically cannot do that unless you want to do that at 2 a.m., which I'm actually going to be sleeping, so never mind. Right. Um, To fill that out and see that I actually just don't have time. It's not that I don't want to. It's that I physically cannot do that has been very helpful and very freeing to me, as I've said no to things. You know, because when your kids get into school, they're like, oh, we need somebody to help with this and somebody to help with that. And when you're someone who works from home, technically you can. Right. And so it just feels a lot more guilt-inducing to be able to say, like, technically, you know what, I could because I kind of manage my schedule, but I'm going to say no. But when I have that calendar in front of me, it's so much easier to say those no's. And I love the ways that you've given us to, to say no nicely. So if you're listening to this and you hear an affirmation, a decline, and then an affirmation, you can uh, just uh, know that I got that from Christy.
1: <laughs> You'll know where I got it. You know, and you make such a great point of looking at your calendar because I teach people about time blocking, and you time block, Sections of your calendar for those things that are important to you to make sure they actually happen You treat them like an appointment, like a doctor's appointment so you'll actually do it, whether that's writing or working out or whatever, and being realistic with that amount of time is certainly very important. But I love what you said because I've noticed there's a pattern in the words that we use. We take a very passive role in our life and our time. So it would be very easy for um, someone to say to me, hey, Christy, um, do you wanna go to coffee? I'm like, oh, I can't, I don't have the time. No, what I'm really saying is it's not a priority. Right? Because I could. I do have the time. I have the same amount of time that you do. And everyone does. We have 24 hours a day. I'm just choosing not to dedicate my time to that thing. Now, that's a harsh reality. Mm-hmm. I realize that. And, and I'm not recommending people go around saying, uh, no, I won't do that. <laughs> I will not do that. I, I do could. not I choose you. <laughs> yeah, I could, but I certainly am not going to. Thank you for asking. No, I'm not recommending <laughs> that. But when we, when we take a more active role in managing our time by the words that we use, recognizing you are in the driver's seat of your life. You're not a passive participant. Things do not happen to you, you happen to things. You don't I love what Stephen Covey says. He says, "Don't prioritize your schedule. Schedule your priorities." Mm. It's the difference between re, being reactive and being proactive. Where I decide what my week is going to look like. I don't wait to react to my week and what everybody else needs from me. Because here's what I found, Kat, in my life, my decision-making paradigm used to be this. Do they need me? And can I do it? Do they need me as in you know they do because they're asking and can i physically fit this on my schedule but what happens is this leads to your entire schedule being scheduled for someone else mm-hmm. uh if there's a free minute someone gets it because they need you so you feel obligated we don't ask ourselves any other questions but ask yourself more questions ask yourself um is this a good idea you know for my season for my situation for my resources for my energy level um how will this affect my goals does this compete with the higher priority? Is this taking me away from something more important to me right now? Um, you know, how will this affect my family? Do I want to do it? Like you get to ask yourself if you <laughs> want to do something, believe it or not. And the truth is we don't. You know, if someone says, Christy, do you want to come Tuesday night to this special volunteer dinner? It's a donation dinner, whatever. If I look at my calendar Tuesdays free, my answer is yes. If I don't think about it. And you've got, we've got to stop doing it. We've got to stop mm-hmm. reacting, assuming every free minute on our schedule is obligated to someone else because it's not. It's your life. And if the thing is, is no is kind of saying no and protecting your time is kind of like a muscle. If you never use it, it's really weak at first. But the more that you use it, it gets stronger, it gets easier, it gets more authentic, and eventually it feels good. Like you feel more powerful, like you actually have a say in your own life. Imagine that.
0: So good. And you know, that then makes your life richer because you're saying no to the things that you don't actually want that you're not actually maybe geared for or made for and then right. everything that you are investing your time in your life is getting filled up with things that you're really passionate about
1: right exactly and here's the thing you're saving yourself stress and headaches because you know what happens right like when you say yes and you don't want to go what happens? you start worrying about it dreading it mm-hmm. trying to come up with every excuse to get out of it you're like oh my kids are sick i broke my knee my dog ate my homework you're coming up with every excuse to get out of it because you never wanted to do it to begin with so instead just be honest be like you know what that sounds awesome the reality is that you know that weekend's crazy i'm going to be tired i want to stay home or i'm gonna i need to spend some time with my kids or you can be honest but i but i encourage people you don't have to already have something on your calendar to justify you saying no you can say no just because you want to Mm -hmm. because it's your time because just because someone needs you doesn't obligate you just because it's you know someone wants to to have your time doesn't just because you can do something does not mean that you should you get to choose where you give your most powerful your most valuable your most limited resource your time
0: you know you talk about how we can often wear busyness as a badge of honor right why do you think we do that
1: Well, it's interesting because culture can be very, uh, I think peer pressure in our culture can influence us a lot. And so if, if, if everybody's standing around talking and the conversation starts to take a current in one direction, like, oh, I'm so busy. Oh, I'm so busy. Oh, me too. Oh, I had this many flights. Oh, I took a train. Oh, I'm so tired. Then that's kind of where the conversation goes. You don't ever hear someone in that context go, not me. I mean, I'm just not doing anything. I'm just sitting at home. Like that never happens. And so it, it becomes this kind of cultural peer pressure. And what I've noticed is everyone's busy. Like everyone's busy all the time. So so really like you're not saying anything new. It's like, well, I'm breathing. Well, I'm breathing too. You're breathing too? We're all breathing air. Yeah, we're all busy. It's like, so what? You know, like let's get over that using that as some kind of badge of honor or something we're so proud of. To me, all that shows is that we're running ragged and we're burnt out. And that's not something to be proud of. So instead it's like, to step back and have confidence in and like i said doing only those things that are most important to you versus being frazzled because i'd rather show up and be present and be rested and be game on in anything i'm doing whether that's on stage or throwing rocks at my kids i would rather be like that than be so frazzled and fit 15 more things in And, and it just leads to you're never fully present where you are you're stressed and and frantic and you didn't get your makeup put on and you just, you don't even really like yourself, you know, because you're just running ragged. So instead, fitting in what is realistic, to your point, I love the example of time blocking, and fitting in what's realistic. And then when you show up, you show up on time, you got your makeup on, you feel good about your outfit, and you're fully present, rested, and ready to be there. And then not only do you have a better time, but people enjoy you more, more mm-hmm. when you're like that. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I think I heard Amy Grant, actually, not heard, I read a quote or something by her that whenever she, she hosts a party, uh, she stops getting ready like 30 minutes beforehand, you know, stops doing anything. And she she said she invites herself to the party first. Oh, I love that. Isn't that good? Because I'm always the one running around at the last minute welcoming people while I'm frantically trying to do whatever. But but it's not fun
1: for anybody. No, I love that example. What a beautiful visual. Mm -hmm. I wrote a blog one time called It's Your Responsibility. And just the whole idea of the blog is it's your responsibility to make yourself proud and happy and feel good. It's your responsibility to make yourself like yourself. And so often we use this martyr syndrome as an excuse to live our lives Grumpy and rushed and running ragged, and when we do that, everyone loses. We go to parties and we're, you know, we're we're not fully present because we're running around frantic, trying to vacuum the floors and do 50 other things, or we rush out the door, and so we don't put on makeup. Well, then when people want to take pictures, we don't want to be in the pictures because we don't feel good. It doesn't matter how many times my husband tells me I look pretty, because if I don't feel pretty, I don't act like it. So it all starts with you. Like it's up to you to take care of yourself and do things that make you like yourself, and as a result. You like yourself more, you enjoy your life more, but other people enjoy you more as well. But I love that visual of invite yourself to the party first. That's brilliant. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. That's really
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> Quoted by Christy Wright. I love it.
1: That's so good. No, no, no. Amy Grant, I love it. It's so good.
0: Okay. So there are moms listening right now, some of them who are just, you know, in the thick of motherhood, and maybe they're not even in the thick of motherhood, but they are just. Enjoying motherhood. They're not being busy. They're they and 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 starting a business isn't necessarily anything That's on on, you know on their visual for right now Um, And I think everything that you shared is something that can be applied to our lives no matter where we are in that process But there's also moms who maybe have a little seed of of passion something that they they were like well I kind of would like to do this, but you know I'm just a mom or I didn't go to college, or I don't have a lot of money to start something, and they don't feel like they have permission to step out and to start a business. Uh, You know, side business, full time business, whatever it might be, and wherever that is on the scale, what would you say to that mom to encourage her?
1: Well, I would say this, and I've really explored this a lot over the last few years of doing research and even just writing and kind of working with women and coaching women, but I'll tell you this there is something very powerful about a woman using her gifts. Now, I'm not saying you have to you have to use your gifts in a business. I don't think starting a business is right for every single person. There's some people that love working for a company. There's some people that love staying home with their kids, and, and that's just not a desire on the horizon ever. And I think that's totally fine, but I would challenge you to find outlets to use your gifts because I believe that God created you with gifts unique and specific to you. And those gifts are things that bring you joy. Those gifts are not only for you, but they are to benefit other people as you use your gifts. People see God. I love the verse in Matthew 5:16 where it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do you light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, you put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And the truth of that is what I want women to understand is, when you shine, people see God. When you shine in your gifts, whether that's singing or sewing or reading or traveling or listening because you're just a really great friend or running or whatever, whatever that is, when you shine in your gifts, people see God. And I believe you're fully embracing the woman that God made you to be because it's very easy to lose your identity in motherhood. It's very easy to feel like. We just are a means to an end. You know, we are a ride to soccer. We are a warm meal on the table. We are a house that's clean. We are a task completed. We are errands run. And we we go doing all these things. And those are not bad things. I think those are great things. I particularly actually enjoy a lot of those things. But the truth is you are more than those things. You are more than a warm meal on the table. You are more than a ride to soccer. You know, before your husband or your kids or even your job, you had a set of gifts that God created you with. And I believe that you were whole and complete and wonderful, even before these other wonderful blessings in your life. But if we're not careful, we stop offering who we are to those people that we love. And instead we just become what we think they need us to be, which are tasks completed and rides to soccer. So instead I want to ask you, you know, what makes you come alive? What brings you joy and gives you energy and go do more of those things, whether that's through a business, you know, you use your gifts uh, to make money for your family. I think that's awesome. Or just use your gifts in different way. Do more of what makes you come alive, because what your husband needs more than dinner and what your kids need more than a ride to soccer and what your boss needs more than just the job done is a woman in their lives that has come alive. And so go be that woman. Go do those things that make you come alive. You don't just have the right to, you have the responsibility to, and it's not selfish. It's actually really, really smart.
0: So good, so good. And if you're one of those women who is interested in a side business, uh, or a full-time business, whatever it might look like. Uh, Christy, where can... Well, first first of all, I want to say, uh, there's lots of books out there about lots of different topics. Um, I, what I love about Christy's book is that it's super practical. Like, it answers all those little questions. I mean, it has great stories in it, and, and it's really a super easy read. But there's also space to, like, fill stuff out. It's, like, super practical, and I am very much about practical. Like, I like being inspired to do something and then having the tool to actually do it. And that's why I really like Christy's book so much. And I also have to say, Christy, uh, I had you on the podcast about a year ago, and then I went to the Business Boutique Conference. And I have to say, that was the best conference I've probably ever been to. Uh, A friend of mine and I went and we're like, wow, we actually want to keep this notebook from the conference. (laughs) This is amazing. It was just so uh, interesting and yet practical. And and so this book is the exact same way. So Christy, where can people get a copy of the, this book and um, where can they find you online?
1: Absolutely, well businessboutique.com has everything. You can buy the book there and you can also buy the book, you know, it's in pre-sale season right now until launch day on April 17th. But uh, if you buy it in pre-sale, it's $20 for the book but you also get the ebook, book the audio book, a marketing DVD and a marketing download workbook that I created so you get $60 worth of stuff with, for, totally for free with the $20 book. The only thing is, If you buy it at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or somewhere, they won't give you all that free stuff. You just have to email our team uh, at DaveRancy.com or get in touch with our customer service, and they'll still send you the stuff. We just need to know that you bought it because the Amazon, Barnes & Noble won't do that. But if you buy it through BusinessBoutique.com, you get that automatically. Um, And then it comes out April 17th. So everything that you would want to hear about with the book and our events and uh, our podcast as well is on BusinessBoutique.com.
0: Excellent. Christy, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us and to share your wisdom with us. I, I loved chatting with you.
1: Kat, I love what you're doing. So thanks for involving me in it. I love to, to be on this journey with you of helping women. So thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Well, you have a great day. You too. Okay, bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast.
1: It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercy.